0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live at precisely 12.5 PSI. I'm your old pal, Sanders.
1: And I'm your good buddy, Liv.
0: And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 54, the Deflate Gate edition.
1: I hope your hopes for this episode aren't too inflated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. I thought of you... Um, today um, because i can't get away from this fucking deflate gate thing oh okay. it was bad enough i had to watch the game as a colts fan and just get absolutely torn apart I, I don't even think i made it through the end of the game i probably left midway through the um midway through the third quarter or so
1: where are you at a bar watching it no 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 i was at home
0: uh I just gave up. I gave up. I went uh I went to bed i listened to it on the on the I don't um,
1: blame you, man. I was um I was watching. I didn't even I went and saw the second half of a game of the first game at the bar cuz I don't really care cuz my team's aren't involved. Yep. You know, of the first game at a bar with some friends. You know, and then, uh, which was just spontaneous. I wasn't even, even going to plan to do that, but I was talking to one of the guys. He's like, well, I'm meeting him. I was like, well, I'm out in this area. And uh, by the time I got home, that other game, because I, I went to the grocery store after, it was already, what was it, 14 to nothing, and then the, uh Colts scored that touchdown. I didn't even see the interception, the now famous interception based right. on deflate gate stuff. I was like all right this could be interesting but then it was like right away the Pats score again and then the third quarter opens up Pats get the ball and it's like oh this game's no contest. The um the only um
0: saving grace on the weekend was that my dad was actually out of town. Um he's in India. He's been in India for a couple of weeks he's doing oh, his, business. Yeah, he's working on a project. And um obviously he's it, He's where I get my Colt fandom. Um, Baltimore is only about two and a half hours, two hours away from here. Um, So growing up, he was a Baltimore Colts fan, like, you know, the greatest game ever played. Yeah, that's what
1: I was going to say, burnished on that game, right?
0: Yep, yep. He was, you know, right around that age, you know, a 10, 12-year-old kid um, that, you know, kind of just... It wasn't front-running, but... That's what brought when you're a his
1: twelve-year-old kid. That's what you are. Yeah, exactly. It grabbed his attention. I liked the Lakers when I was a kid. I liked the Celtics too. They were both the two best teams in basketball. And especially <laughs> back
0: then, like there wasn't there wasn't national broadcasts.
1: Yeah, of course. That's what. That's another reason why that game was big, right? You know, it was the introduction of sudden death, and it was a national broadcast. It was a big deal. So, um,
0: he would bring me to games, and we'd go. You know, I think we we chatted about it. You know, a couple of games a year, we'd go down to to see the Baltimore Colts, and they sucked. And
1: go see good old Burt Jones.
0: Good old Burt Jones. I had a Barry Krause jersey. Pride um, of LSU. It was um, it was tough growing up being a Colts fan, but yeah, you know, the Peyton Manning era kind of you know spoiled me. Yeah, uh, in the sense that they've had a competitive team before. Oh well, yeah, that's
1: why I always remember about the Colts, even what I barely remember about them being in Baltimore, but definitely when they moved to Indianapolis, that they were just always terrible. Always. Always. 86. Gary um, Hogaboom.
0: Mike Pagel, Arch Schleister, the list goes on and on.
1: Arch Schleister, yes, the gambler.
0: In terms (laughs) of just uh, ineptitude. And being a Colts fan was tough. Um, Jack Trudeau. Jack Trudeau. <laughs> uh
1: nineteen
0: eighty six we won the uh Eastern Division or the Eastern um uh yeah, what do they call it? Eastern Division.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the AFC East, East yeah. The um East, yes.
0: with with a record of eight and eight.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Was that like Dickerson's first year there?
0: Um is- eighty six, no,
1: I don't think <sighs> so. Okay, because I do remember when they won 88, but then they got Dickerson because he wanted to get the hell out of L.A. Yep. And they had a couple of decent years with Dickerson.
0: It was so bad growing up a Colts fan that the um, they didn't sell Colts jerseys. So for Christmas one year, my parents got me a Detroit Lions jersey.
1: <laughs>
0: and tried to pass it off as a Colts jersey.
1: It's pretty bad when it's easier to get a Detroit Lions jersey, a team that notoriously sucks
0: no shit and it was um <laughs> it was a custom jersey, so <laughs> they got to pick the number that they put on it, and um they chose the punter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it back
1: then. It wasn't that guy, Mike Stork, or whatever. No, back then. I
0: don't remember who it was at the time. But um, that that Dean Biasucci. What's what's
1: that? Dean Biasucci. I don't even know if he played for the Colts. He just was always one of my favorite. Uh, Dean Biasucci. 100- did, he did
0: play for the Colts. All right. For the
1: Colts huh? All right.
0: So um, so the only the upside that my dad wasn't around is he's a he's a pretty passionate Colts fan now growing up like he didn't you you know he didn't really like um the sports never um steered the ship you know in terms of his emotional reaction if he caught a game he caught a game if he missed the game he missed the game was no big deal but like now in his older age he's he's a he's a rabid fan and it tough to watch the games with him because you know he gets so emotionally attached and he's up and he's down and you know he follows stats on his iPad and
1: oh really oh you know, he just See, I get all into the games which is why I try to watch them by myself but I'm never but I don't even I don't do all that stat bullshit
0: I don't mind his his level of yeah. uh excitement I just I'm concerned
1: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: you know, I, I obviously I don't want him to die, but uh, I also don't want him to die in the middle of watching a Colts game.
1: Yeah, because I don't take all it, the fun out of it
0: now and in the future. God.
1: I think about that sometimes. I'm like, I might die watching one of these Saints games <laughs> or one of these circus basketball games. Just think about that. The other night, watching that Boston College game, how terrible that would be to go, to go. You know, right, right. They had a guy when I was at the LSU Ole Miss game. Uh, earlier this season Which You know Which was a very close game You know mm-hmm. They had a guy die In the stands Man You know Like a hardcore LSU fan He was from The metro New Orleans area He had been a season ticket holder For like 40 years Or something And he friggin Had a heart attack In the stands Like in the fourth quarter
0: Oh Now You know As many people Who probably think like Well that's how I want to go You know <laughs>
1: I, that, that's so bittersweet yeah i know because lsu ended up winning it was a good game right. like at least die like after there's zeros on the board to die before the result exactly <laughs> ending in the
0: middle of the season thank god they don't have a psl yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so i got so excited for the game i uh i made chili like i You know, I really... It's just the same chili you're eating today? uh, This is the same chili I'm eating today. (laughs) Nice. All right. (laughs) And um, I watched the Green Bay game. And this is why it was a a really tough Sunday. Because I'm watching the Green Bay game, rooting for Green Bay. Because either Seattle or Green Bay, I was thinking the Colts would have an easier time with green bay
1: well yeah i mean i'm sure everybody's thinking that because green bay it's like oh their defense is awful
0: and i mean eddie lacy's no slouch but there's no i mean marshall lynch would run ragged over eddie the lacy's
1: overrated man
0: but oh eddie lacy's overrated yeah um
1: i know that because i had him on my fantasy team so that's <laughs> the only reason i know how he was doing through the season and it's all this hype and it's like okay, he has one good game, and then he has two sucky games. One good game, two sucky games, you know?
0: Well, the Colts would have made him look like an all-star, but with that said, that was the only shot. And I became emotionally invested in that game when I really shouldn't have been. And, you know, to have that kind of ripped out from under me was like, all right, all right, come on, refocus. You don't even care about that game.
1: Yeah, how bad are the Packers? Unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, I was like, oh, their defense is playing really well. Their defense completely collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, that's the defense we know of. The one that's, when they're trying to hold them... From scoring anything at the very end, gives up a twenty-four yard touchdown run. You know? <laughs> right, a run. <laughs> <laughs> like who gives up a twenty-four yard touchdown <laughs> run like that? It was rarely is that how a team scores when they're desperate to score a touchdown at the end of the game. <laughs> it was almost like at some point during the fourth quarter,
0: um, somebody came and took all the defensive starters' football helmets and hid them. And all that were left were, like, the practice squad guys. And, you know, it came time for the starters to go back in the game. And they're like, hey, where's our helmets? And the coaching staff was like, "Um, guys with helmets, just get out there. Just go. Because they had yeah. no clue what they were doing.
1: Lucas, get on the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that the only team I, I, I cared to see win the Super Bowl was the Colts just because – I hate the fucking Packers, dude. I hate the press they get. I hate everything about them. You know? Yeah. Like, I hate the fact that their defense is awful, yet Clay Matthews is on all these commercials and shit because he plays for the Packers. Right. It's like no one's doing commercials with guys from the Saints, and their defense sucks. <laughs> I don't understand. But we beat the fuck out of the Packers. Right. <laughs> right. Yet, Yet these guys are treated like they're great, you know? It really annoys me. And then... Just a little sidebar before we get back to your story because the Colts, because this isn't the point of it. Uh, The Packers game isn't the point of it. But we were sitting there in the bar, me and two other guys. I was like, watch. They're going to be, I was kind of being facetious, but maybe not totally. I was like, watch. People are going to be calling for a change in the overtime rules now. Because the Packers never got to touch the ball, and everybody loves the Packers because that's why they changed the overtime rule. Because not the Packers, but because of Brett Favre, who played for the Packers <laughs> when the Saints beat him to go to the Super Bowl. Right. It was like that was the impetus for the new mm-hmm. overtime rules. Like Brett Favre didn't get to touch the ball. Right. right. How fair is this, even though it's been gone, even though it was literally gone on from that greatest game ever played in 1958 through 2009 that was the impetus to change it was Brett Favre not being able to touch the ball you know when the NFL and all the friggin' media wanted Brett Favre to be in the Super Bowl one more time right so i was joking around cuz they they do love the packers you know i mean you know that yeah, right yeah of course of course and one of the guys was like no that was a perfect pass no one's going to say anything I couldn't fucking believe the next day I saw something on the internet about should the NFL change its overtime rules so each team gets a chance to possess the ball. Mm I was like, of course, because it's the Packers lost that way. If it would have been the fucking Colts or the Saints or any other fucking, or the Buccaneers or some bullshit team, no one cares about the Jaguars, no one would think there was any problem with it. (laughs)
0: Listen, I buy that. I think you're right.
1: But the Packers lost, man. They could have gone to the Super Bowl. We could have had the Packers in the Super Bowl. They didn't get to touch the ball. That's unfair. (laughs) They just gave up a fucking touchdown from the three-yard line. Well, I think that one was from, like, the 13 or whatever, but they did give up a touchdown from, like, the three-yard line that game, didn't they? They, like, the, the first touchdown the Seahawks scored, I think they start with the ball at their three. Yes. <laughs> and then they allowed the punter to throw a fake field goal for a touchdown. It was they're awful. Yeah. They did everything they they did everything they had to do to not deserve to go to the Super Bowl. They really did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they really did. So <laughs> if if that wasn't painful enough being oh, emotional so, one
1: more one more thing. Mm-hmm. And then the asshole that intercepts the ball and goes and takes a knee. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to point out all their stupidity. It's like there's five something left. They have a full complement timeouts. You have twenty yards at least in front of you. Why are you taking a knee? <laughs> all right.
0: Um, well, as painful, as that, painful was, as that was, I had to watch the Colts just get decimated, and it's one thing to you know to lose and move on, but it won't go away. Because, of course, with the rivalry between New York and New England and the Jets and the Patriots, sports talk radio was all over Uh this deflate gate. And it was so funny because I thought of you today because I don't listen to sports talk radio uh, all that much. But um, when I don't have my, uh, you know, when I don't have something downloaded on my iPhone or, you know, I don't have my iPod handy there's no real music stations around here that are worth listening to. So I had on yes. sports talk radio and guy calls up and he's talking about the game and he keeps using the phrase. Listen, you know, everybody knows the, the footballs were underdeflated. I mean, under-deflated. How, how many people does it take to know that if the Patriots underdeflated the footballs, they're cheaters and it's that totally unsophisticated speech pattern and you know you from euphemism- he's a caller yeah, and
1: yeah, he's yeah. just
0: going on and on and the and the host is just letting him talk and responding to the to the malapropism like
1: it's a yeah. real thing but i think you must have to do that if you want to talk radio guys right i would shoot myself and all I—you ever see the movie number one? Was it uh, what's it? Number one fan or something like that? The one with Patton Oswalt, where he plays the rabid New York Giants fan, who's uh, a regular caller.
0: I didn't see it, but I—I I know. Uh, you got to watch that movie. Is it? Is it kind of like a spa, a satire?
1: It's it's kind of dark. What happens? The plot is he's this big super Giants fan. You know, like he's one of these guys, he's one of the guys with his own name, you know, like when they call in the radio shows, you know, like Jack from Lynn, you know, or down here, they got people like, I know they got one guy calls in all the time. They're like, all right, teacher, you know, people with names like that, you know, uh, and he's one of these guys that calls into the radio all the time. He's got his whole thing. He writes it all out, you know, every, you know, his whole statement, uh, and then he's out one night and he sees like the guy, a guy from the Giants and he approaches him cause he's like his hero. And the guy's like, what the fuck? And the guy beats the shit out of him, you know? So there's the whole issue. He's got a brother who's like, who's like one of these cheesy, like plaintiff's attorneys, you know, trying to get him to sue him. And, you know, he, he's divided between his loyalty to the team cause he knows if he turns this guy in, it'll fuck the team over. Right you know it's a very you know it, it's it's a good movie so what's it called again i think it's called number one fan maybe or something like that i don't know it, just look up pat Oswalt. it probably came out like in nine or ten i'm sure it's on netflix
0: know? at this point yeah all right i'll check it out because I, I think he's funny
1: yeah, and it, but that's the thing. It's not a typical Patton Oswalt movie. It's kind of dark and stuff. Like it's, it's more dramatic than anything. All right, all right, cool. But it's a really good movie because he's not even a sports fan, Patton. That dude. Uh, but but I'm thinking about that because that's where it takes place. Of course, is the friggin' tri-state area there? You know, New York, New Jersey area, basically.
0: Yeah. So obviously, there's a, you know, there, there's kind of a certain level of disconnect for you know regular sports talk radio callers. Yeah, it, this is kind of taking it to a new level because not only do none of these fans have a dog in the fight, they're just they're just trying to take an opportunity to to pile on to oh, facts okay. that aren't even known yet, you know, just cuz it's yep. New England. If it was San Francisco or if it was Baltimore or any other team, they could care less.
1: Yep, I mean I'm not listening to that so much, but I think here, because I mean I kind of feel that way, and I, uh, because of the stuff that happened with the bounty stuff, right? People are already kind of sore because of the original stuff that happened with the Pats, like where they were where they were cut cheating, and the Saints stuff wasn't technically cheating; had nothing to do with the outcome of the game, right? And our punishments were so severe, exactly. Whereas they got a slap on the wrist for for behavior that calls into question the integrity of the results, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which seems a way higher uh, (laughs) violation than some bullshit bounties that that may or may not existed that they didn't even fulfill.
0: What was the original (laughs) um, Spygate?
1: That was a Jets game? Yeah, they were they were. Videotaping the guy, the guys calling the signals on the Jets sideline, so that they can compare to the game film to know what the calls were. Wasn't there
0: also um, some kind of allegation um, of taping the Rams' practice during the?
1: Yeah, yeah, like during the Super Bowl. I think that's what people must be talking about when they say this would be the third time now. Okay because they because they never were punished for the Rams thing.
0: So that was found to be at least credible.
1: Yeah, but that only came out after the uh
0: spygate after
1: the spygate thing, you know, where it was like, well, I think they did this uh during the Super Bowl, you know? Right. And it's you know what I got to say though about New England people since it doesn't matter since Mike Ridden thinks that we bust on them that I bust on them too much anyway. <laughs> I think they're a bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this will be good. Hold on. Let me write this down because this is where we ad- uh, we um, make uh, make inroads with our non-existent New England uh, listenership. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Well, this is hmm. what I think because I heard somebody mention that they're like the modern day Oakland Raiders. You know what? You know what the Oakland Raiders fans did when they were accused of alleg- uh, of cheating? They fucking owned it, and they're like, yes, that's what we are. We're the Oakland fucking Raiders. We do shit on the fringes, friggin' New England people, because that's the way New England people are. They cry, you know, and they're like, "We're not cheaters. We're not cheaters. People are just jealous of us," you know. Fucking own it, New England. Own it. You are the fucking latter day Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Just accept it. Y'all do shady shit to win. Deal with it. It's not too I don't think that's that severe, but it's true. I mean, think about it. what do you hear from the people up there that they're being unfairly friggin' blamed?
0: There is a certain there is a certain hypocrisy to the to the New England fan base i'll give you that in a sense that you know now that there is a culture of winning yeah. in Boston that hadn't been there for so long on such a grand scale that it's almost just par for the course and that's that's what winners do you know yeah whereas twenty years ago if the if the script was flipped, and you know the Patriots were a victim of, or you know Boston or the Red Sox were a victim of, then you know it would be a whole different story. Yep, they'd be singing a different tune. So I buy that. I I, I buy that angle from it.
1: But I say this too. I mean, we know this much: the Colts weren't winning that game regardless. No,
0: zero. They had zero shot of winning that makes
1: game. The whole cheating thing that much more pathetic. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's like they they have a team that you don't need to cheat to win, yet they do. I mean, a very one Brian Peters. Uh I can share our text exchange we had the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh let me let me find it on my phone here. He uh it was Wednesday morning. He texted. He, he initiated texting with me. Uh, here it was. He said, as a non-Patriots fan, what do you think of all this deflate gate business? My response was, I think it's pathetic that that a team which doesn't need to cheat always does shady stuff the way they do. They will always have a tainted legacy no matter how many Super Bowls they win with Belichick as coach. They have somehow made the despicable Seahawks the cinnamon favorite now. That would not have been the case of that would have not been the case if not for Deflate Gate. You know, he responded with like a crying face. <laughs> and I responded, I said, why do they do that? And then his response is, my go-to is every team does it, and they got caught. Again, I know there's a homer response slash excuse, the whole thing makes me sick, tainted for life. I said, yeah, it was unnecessary. I think that's what really offends people. So, but that, that's, you know, of course the Homer. Th- uh, Excuses that everybody's doing it. We just got caught.
0: Now, uh, of of all of the the Boston sports fans that I know, um, the Peters's clan has the highest standing when it comes to the Patriots, because yeah, Rexy's nuts. Because no matter uh, no matter what the Reardon brothers will claim, when I went to Syracuse. And walked into Mike Reardon's <laughs> dorm for the first time on Mike Peter's side of the dorm. Uh, he they had a split double on Peter's side of the double split double uh, was a New England Patriots old school uh, pennant, yep. the kind with like the single bar face mask and pack yep. the Patriot. And on Reardon's side was Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, because that's what I knew about the Reardon's that they were both. They were Cowboys fans. Not even, not even
0: like dual citizenship.
1: Yeah, they, they only
0: possessed one football fandom passport, and that was Dallas Cowboys.
1: Like when I was a little kid, there was other teams I liked. Like I liked the Steelers and Dolphins, but I was always a Saints fan. But the time I was in, you know, by the time I was like seventeen, I was squarely a Saints fan. Uh, w- you know? which
0: is. It's kind of how you mature as a sports fan, um, like we were talking about before. But I'm okay with a fan of a major metropolitan area not rooting for the team in that area. My brother's a Cowboys fan. He grew up, you know, at a time when... Um, Your governor's a Cowboys the, fan. The, for Christ's sakes, the governor's a Cowboys fan. So, I mean, I'm okay with that. I understand a kid grows up, especially in the 70s. You watch the Cowboys. You watch the Steelers. There's a national rooting interest to those teams. That's cool. Yeah. I get it. But yep. you got to stick with it. That's are not yeah. your team. You got to own it. The
1: See, I always loved the Saints. I just liked the other teams because when you're a little kid, you know, I think all little kids like multiple teams. It's, it's when you become an adult who you're sticking with, you know? Right.
0: right. And they would give me shit. Um, all the time, Laughlin included. That, um, you know, I would have casual rooting interests for other teams. I'm a Colts fan. uh, Josh is a Cowboys fan. uh, Jeremy's an Eagles fan because where we live, um, we get the both the New York and the Philly market. So we get two NBC stations, two ABC stations, two CBS stations. One is oh, that's is the Philly feed, and one is the New York feed. Jeremy, for some reason, would constantly gravitate toward the Philly feed and thus watch the coverage of the Philadelphia teams. Now, Josh and Jeremy don't share a rooting interest on anything because they are opposed in terms of their allegiances. But, you know, the the Colts don't play the, the Eagles. So if the Eagles are on, I take an interest. I have a casual rooting um, position for the Eagles. I'm not going to buy Eagles season tickets. I don't own any Eagles paraphernalia, and I'm not going to go out of my way to watch an Eagles game. But those guys would give me shit
1: all the time. I don't know. I think think when you came down here for that game with those super fans, I was kind of out of your way. (laughs) (laughs) Touché. <laughs> Walking down the street with the guy with the big shoulder pads and the crazy hat or
0: the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've lost all credibility. <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time I had to say that.
1: Yeah. But you have a million dollars, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, that, so that's it, that's the end of the conversation <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we can throw that out <laughs> That will be stricken from the record
0: <laughs> Good to know you gave me approval on that But um, I'm going to forget to strike it from the record So it'll remain forever uh, okay. Forever included
1: Alright, we'll let's go on about the Well, I guess the point really was Is about the Peters' allegiance. Yes, yes, so But they used to give you crap, the Reardons, about your mixed allegiance, right? Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll defer to the Peters position, you know, and the take. And, you know, if Brian's willing to, you know, to kind of admit or, you know, he's resigned himself to the fact that he roots for a tainted football team, then I think that pretty much sums it
1: up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, he roots for a tainted football team. (laughs) I mean, but but that's the larger part. Like when that Seahawks game ended, judging based on what I was looking at on social media, loads of people were ready to hop on whoever, you know, people were like, oh, Patriots, because that's the team they'll be able to beat the Seahawks. I think all that support's gone. All the all the non-affiliated New England, all the non-New England NFL fans that were ready to root for the Patriots because the Seahawks are that despicable. Yeah, I think it's totally flipped now. I agree. You know, because the Seahawks are not a likable team. Not at all. You know. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I mean, a people from Seattle are not likable. <laughs> Their whole ethos up there is not likable. And then on top of it, you had the fact that they got this team full of assholes coached by a notorious asshole. (laughs) It's just like, no one wants to see them win another Super Bowl. But now with the whole Deflategate thing is, no one wants to see the Pats win a Super Bowl when they were caught cheating in the game leading to that Super Bowl. Um, hey, Dollar Shave Club, this is uh, Sanders from Too Sorry Excuses. Yeah, we want to get
0: that uh, that affiliate partnership up. What downloads, yeah, we do we do pretty good, except in New England and the greater Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two areas. No, not so yeah. much. But everywhere else in the country, pretty much. Uh, yeah, we do okay. <laughs>
1: I can't even fathom who'd be listening to us in the Seattle A way. I mean, well, I doubt Troy Dunes listens to us. The Troy Nunes is an absolute magician. I know that's where that kid's based. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Keeley, the kid that runs that blog. But he's not from there. I just know oh, he's okay. based out there. I was going to say, how do you end up in Q's? He's from, I think he's from like the, he might be from maybe the Maryland area, somewhere down there. I'm not certain. You know. People always talk about how beautiful it is out there, but I couldn't live out there. i w- Yeah, I couldn't live out there. She'd be surrounded by people from Seattle. I watched um
0: I watched. there was a Netflix show, I forget what it was called, The Killing, I think it was called. And it's a um it's a cop drama based in yeah. Seattle and no shit, man. And it was probably I don't know, five, six seasons long, so you know, maybe a hundred episodes. I it rained in ninety-five of those episodes. Was it reality? No, but I mean I'm sure they're trying to capture
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, more, yeah it yeah. it's
0: a you know, it's a it's a kind of uh gritty um yeah. you know, try well, real life portrayal kind of
1: I mean show. I've never been to Seattle, so I can't speak to the weather and the portrayal. But as a guy who's seen his city, which is New Orleans, portrayed on TV often, we don't have Mardi Gras parades constantly rolling through the year. <laughs> <laughs> Although no matter when the TV shows take place, that always seems to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, speaking of Mardi Gras, how is the, uh, how's the Mardi Gras tree?
1: Mardi Gras tree's doing well, man. I was expecting to be sucking up way more water. By this time, but it, the water level's still good, I got to put more flourishes on it, okay, and I was supposed to do that maybe today, but that didn't happen so much, but for the most, part, I gotta take a picture and send it to you yeah I mean i I want to top something off on it. I mean, I did what I did to it. one thing I need to do is I want to change the skirt because I still got the Christmas skirt around it, not that it matters, and I want to put like i gotta find something to put on the very top, but but uh, I'll send you a picture of what I have. So what happens when, when Mardi Gras is later in the year? You're talking about the Mardi Gras tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mardi Gras tree is kind of like a new thing. I don't think everybody does it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's not my idea. I know people that do it. Right, right. No, no, no.
0: So what happens like, when it doesn't you know, kick off until March?
1: I think there's people that will just keep up the tree the whole time, just keep putting water in it or whatever, you okay. know? all right. Cause I- because cause the season technically starts on January 6th anyway. Oh, regardless. Yes, because that's the that's 12th night, you know, the 12th day of Christmas. Okay. And that's when you transition into carnival season technically, which leads up to Ash Wednesday and Lent. Oh, so carnival season – Carnival season
0: starts at the same time every year. It just ends at a different time.
1: Yeah, because it's all based on the Catholic
0: calendar. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I thought it was a, a a fixed um window.
1: No, no, no. So like you would people that are doing this probably do the same thing every year. Thing is, you know, they don't start rolling parades until you're getting closer to that's the thing that's offset, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. The actual big celebrations that start going down, you know?
0: Well, I love the idea so much that if I lived down there, I would 100% have a Mardi Gras tree. So much so that I was thinking, could I pull off a St. Patrick's Day tree? Because the closest thing we have up here um, in Jersey is our St. Patrick's Day season, which lasts from the first weekend um the first weekend in march to the fourth saturday in march okay there's a there's a parade uh every weekend including multiple parades on uh st patrick's day and the saturday following st patrick's day i'm talking like you know six or eight mostly along the beach towns and every other you know yeah municipality kind of does their own thing but there's the you know, Saint, uh, the Belmar St. Patrick's Day parade, which is um, you know one of the biggest St. Patrick's Day parades on the East Coast, that goes the first Saturday of March, and then you know throughout the you know throughout the month, there's different festivities. But I don't know if that necessarily would translate if people would get it if I kept my Christmas tree up and yeah. and then decorated it with you know, well, you know and shamrocks.
1: The funny thing about that, actually, I had a big old bag of beads, you know, mostly like kind of unique, you know, the expensive beads I caught at parades, you know, with, uh, you know, not just beads, things that were on them, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they had ones like with like little babies on them that I got from like the Zulu parade, ones of coconuts. And one that's just all garlic bulbs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Plastic garlic bulbs, of course. But I came across a couple that I must have gotten last year at the St. Patrick's Day Parade that rolls in front of my parents' house. You know, and they're like little leprechauns. I was thinking, well, should I put this on a tree? I was like, I fucking put it on a tree anyway because it's just no one's going to look up close. But I was like, I wonder if this means I got to do a St. Patrick's Day tree after this is done since I have these beads now. But... Fuck that! I'm not doing that because I want to <laughs> get this tree out of here. Well, see, it's funny because <laughs> but I will gladly donate you these two sets of beads I have to your Saint to your proposed Saint Patrick's Day tree. Now, here's the
0: downside: is that the worst thing that uh, you can do up here is to keep your Christmas tree up after January sixth. People, yeah. people drive by your house with disdain and openly mock you if you still have your christmas lights up if you have if you have your christmas lights up on the house after january 6th i don't care if it's a mansion i don't care if you are the ceo of ibm you automatically get uh tagged as white trash (laughs)
1: like
0: who cares that january 6th is a wednesday and, and the first free weekend you have is after that
1: yeah, you know, yeah, 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 they're
0: out picketing in front of your house, labeling you white trash. And the second thing is to have your tree up and visibly um lit after that time yeah. as well. I don't know why, but people get real up like real up in arms about
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately no one can see my tree from the road here. <laughs> Plus anyway, down here people don't give so much of a fuck about that if they've seen you transitioned anyway. Right. So, well, then how do you show it
0: off if nobody, if it's not in front of your window or something? What do you invite people well,
1: over? I don't really have a big window like that, you know? Like, the way my place is designed. It's just, for it's just for me. Yeah. Keep the spirit. Yeah, anybody that comes to the house can see it. You know, it's just to get in the spirit of the season, you know? Well, during
0: the ACC tournament, you're going to um, decorate it to, to make it like an orange tree?
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, it's coming down on Ash Wednesday or whatever. <laughs> Actually, probably not Ash Wednesday because I'll have to be at the office. But it'll come down that weekend.
0: Be careful. People might be outside your house picketing.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean, no one could, I don't have like a big window or anything for anybody to see in here, you know? Yeah. So, uh, plus. The windows I do have, I keep blinds covered on them because I don't want people being able to see in my house because then they might want to steal something.
0: Right. Because <laughs> you definitely aren't hanging your law degree on the on the on the wall because if they peek in your house and and see that you have a law degree, they'll know you're a lawyer and then watch out. Open season.
1: Yeah. Plus, I don't even know where my law degree is. They'll
0: look for the hidden safe.
1: Yeah, it still needs to be framed. <laughs> I'm not sure where it is. I mean, it might be... I don't even know where they're from. All, all the legal documents, like the bar admission, uh, the state bar admission role that you're supposed to sign and hang up, that's still... I think that's in a role at home. Uh, you know, still in the tube. I got one for being admitted to the U.S. District Court. That That might be at the office somewhere. The one for admission to the um, to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. I had to go argue there. Yeah. That's either at the office or in a box here. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I have framed to educational-wise, I don't even have my high school diploma. not framed. Um, I, the only thing I have framed is my Syracuse diploma, and that was because the place I lived in the last year, whoever had lived there before me left one of those Syracuse... One of those handy-dandy, $100 Syracuse uh, frames they sold at the bookstore. Oh, no way. Yeah, I was like, great, sweet, because I would have never paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh. I brought that home to New Orleans with me, and when they finally sent me my uh, diploma, I sat there and I framed it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So that's the only... Framing's expensive, dude, man. I just... Picked up a thing a couple weeks ago. I think I told you three things for four hundred eighty-four dollars.
0: Crazy man.
1: Yeah. Which I think cumulatively I pay. I know the the most expensive thing that was framed was a thing I paid thirty-five dollars for. The other things probably one was probably less than five bucks, and the other was probably like fifteen bucks.
0: (laughs) It's insane for some wooden glass.
1: Yes. Yes,
0: it's ridiculous. Uh, Hey, speaking of orange. Um, you watch the basketball game today?
1: Uh, I watched about the last six minutes cause I couldn't deny it any longer. I was following online. It stresses me out to watch these games more so nowadays, you know? And I, and I was optimistic cause we were tied at halftime and then I get back to it. and I look and it's like all of a sudden it's a 10 point lead with like two minutes into the second half or something, you know? But then we got it close again, so I was like, "I gotta watch." So I pulled up the Watch ESPN app and started watching and watched us friggin' shoot ourselves out of the game from the free throw line.
0: Yeah, I've um, I I, I clearly um, am not as committed as I was last year. It was easy to be committed last year, but um, you know, I've caught my fair share of games. I would say I've caught at least you know seventy five percent of the games. Um, probably saw. You know, three or four games over this stretch, um, starting with the ACC schedule. And, um, you know, it's the soft part of the schedule, but they're just, they're very frustrating to watch. They're not a fun team.
1: Oh, because they can't close out fucking games.
0: And, like, I want to like, you know, I want to like everybody, but uh, there's not many likable guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rakim Christmas is playing really well right now. He missed some free throws today, but he is playing well. Trevor Cooney pisses me off because he's supposed to be the guy who's never supposed to miss free throws. And every time I've seen him shoot a free throw in the past, whatever, he seems to only go one of two every time. Yeah, You know, it's like, how the fuck is he 80% when he's only hit one (laughs) of two every time? (laughs) By my estimation, that's 50 fucking percent. (laughs) Well, the problem is I was just
0: looking at that today. Um, We shoot something like, I don't know, 67% from the field as a team. Something along those lines. But the opposition only shoots 68% against us. So I think that's just the trend, you know? That's just
1: what college basketball is about. And Yeah. Well, yeah. You talk about field goal shooting? No, no,
0: no, no. Free throw shooting.
1: Oh, free throw shooting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but we're terrible. Like, we're up on these games. Like... Uh, all right, so you didn't see the game on Tuesday, right? No,
0: no, I was out of town.
1: Okay, well, this is the int- – because this is the part that pisses me off when I watch these games. Like, the Virginia Tech game was the same way. When they're ready to write it off, you know, these announcers, I'm like, I don't think they know what the fuck they're watching because that was what was going on the other night too. That That's how Fagans came up. It was like a 13-point game, and BC didn't look like they were doing anything to get in the game, and – you know, it might have been five or six minutes left or something, and uh, the guy doing the game with Lynn Elmore, I'm not sure who was the announcer, he said something like, oh, uh, looks like you're trying to get the Fagans early tonight or some bullshit, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he uh, and must Lynn be an And Lynn Elmore alumni. made some comment, like, yeah, I'm sure it was. Lynn Elmore made some comment like, oh, yeah, you're probably just trying to get some free drinks or something, you know? And then they went to commercial break, and when they came back from commercial break, the guy in the studio, you know yeah, you know they do that? They'll come back to the studio. He's like, I just want to say, uh, you know, uh, just let you know, tomorrow is Flip Night at Fagan, so you might want to stick around in town, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the thing was, that game was not far from fucking over with the way we play. Right, right. Like they got it down I think they got it down to like five and they had the ball because Cooney traveled or something. Like this was like they whittled it down from like a thirteen point game with like a minute and a half left. You know Talk
0: about a team where the coach turns around and it's like, Hey Lucas, get in. I feel like that they sometimes don't wanna win. They don't wanna take
1: care of the basketball. They don't wanna hit a shot. Uh, is the worst <laughs> because straight up he's a bad free thrusher. Like he's an acknowledged bad yes, free shooter. Yes, he is. And the other thing is he's a fucking guard. How can you be a guard and be that bad at free throws? You know
0: what's funny? They were talking about that in today's game. I don't know had you tuned in at, at that point, um where they were talking about to-
1: they were talking about being in his head it, like it, when I was watching yeah. when he was missing free
0: throws. Yep, that's exactly yeah. the the point. Okay. Game that I was was that I was sorry. Watching. No, no, never, they, no. There I've was no story before. behind it. It was just a point of reference that okay. you know he's admittedly and knowingly a bad free throw shooter, and and there's no reason for it.
1: Yeah, I thought there was going to be something about him being a guard because guards are supposed to be good free throw shooters. Yeah. And that was what went on the other night in the BC game. At one point, friggin' Cooney has the ball and he passes it away. It's like all, their only play here is to foul. You hold on to the ball. I mean, I know you pissed me off going one for two, but you're the best thing we got gone right now. (laughs) And then somehow the only guy that ended up hitting two free throws in the last two minutes of that game was Caleb Joseph. You know, they fouled him, and that pretty much sealed the deal when he hit the two free throws. But it wasn't until very late, you know? Yeah. But it was like, he was the last guy expected because he had done something really stupid. Oh, what did he do? He... He did something stupid in the last two minutes of that game where he turned the ball over. I don't know if he walked or threw it to the wrong. He just did something terrible. I'm like, this guy sucks. <laughs> but he ended up being the guy who actually hit two free throws. None of them were hitting two free throws. It was bonkers. Rakeem Christmas is like a 73% free drive shooter. I think he went exactly five for 10 from the line today. <laughs> oh, man. It's incredible. It's- yeah, it's just like, I don't know, man. If they would have hit free throws today, we would have won that game. Yeah. You know, we cut it to a one-point game with that three-pointer, but right before that, we had missed uh, one of two free throws two two times before that, you know? <laughs> uh, just, you know, I mean, the last couple of minutes, you remember that? Like, we got fouled twice, yeah. and, I, you know, and they missed uh, Benajay made one of two Cooney made one of two. And then it's like, uh it's just, and that's why I haven't been watching the game so much. Cause it's so frustrating. Like when we have a really good team, at least we're usually up ahead enough that we know we're not going to blow it.
0: Well, this was, this was the formula for almost every game we've played this year. You know, we, yeah. we need a three at the end of the game and then we can't convert free throws.
1: Yep. Well, then Cooney, when we had a chance to tie the game at one point, Cooney comes down, travels in the lane. But right before that, we had a chance to tie on the possession before, and Benadier allows friggin' Rodriguez to steal the ball from him. You know? Uh, You know, I'm curious to know
0: where we rank uh, in terms of turnovers for, uh, I'd probably say ACC, um, but throughout the whole season. it's just been it's been I don't
1: know, so we rough. turned it over at least 13 times today because I know that's what the number was at that point when they said it. And that turnovers and free throws are the reason we lost today. Yeah. The the free
0: throws the free throws I kind of understand um with college basketball in general because I think I think that's something that players develop. Look at Christmas you know it, yeah. it's it's something that he's improved upon over his time and like freshmen um, you know and one and dunners and and underdeveloped players just ha- don't take the time to develop that skill but the turnovers that that, that that's fundamental that's the essence of basketball yeah. don't turn the ball over and we just <laughs> we turn the ball over like it doesn't matter if the other team gets the yeah. ball
1: like Benajay's carelessness with it blew me away. It's like, how are you letting this guy come in and scoop the ball from you? You know, like it, it was like right beyond the three point line there. You know, I was like, how are you letting that happen? You know, it's not like they were coming up the court or anything. It's like he's just there dribbling, the guy comes and steals it from him. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's almost like it, that's what it is watching the game. Yep, it's and that's why, like you were saying, that you're not as rabid this year. That's the same reason I'm not so much because it's like I don't want to invest frigging two hours into getting frustrated, you know, yeah. <laughs> two hours into being miserable when it's just like they're they're painful to watch, you know.
0: Um. Uh. Uh, this is this is ridiculous. I'm trying, so I go on acc. dot com. Why can't the acc? no oh, maybe this isn't the official site of the acc. All right, so I will. I'm gonna. Re- I'm
1: gonna. Re- You're looking for statistics. I'm gonna
0: track that. No, this is the official site. Yeah, I'm looking for statistics. I want to find team stats. So I go to the acc. dot com, which is uh. It- reports to be the f- official
1: site but it. it- but it's really a porn site and ACC stands for analcumcatchers.com <laughs> is that what you're telling me <laughs> uh, I was wondering what the name
0: of this episode was going to be <laughs> but I think we found it um, alright so I'm going to go to ESPN because maybe they have better stats
1: yeah, ESPN should have that stuff.
0: Uh, conference leaders, complete standings. All I
1: want, I want some stats. How hard is that? Team <laughs> stats. We just give this motherfucker some stats. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: All right, so they have team stats, but they don't have. Uh, See, so they don't have negative stats. They don't have turnover stats. All right, either way, we turn the ball over a lot.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, so that was useless.
1: And, I mean, like our whole thing always was forcing turnovers, too, you know? Uh, And then I only watched the last six minutes of this game, and twice in this game, in in that small sample size of the game I watched, where we burnt on a backdoor alley-oop. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I must have not been paying that close of attention.
1: Ah, uh, if you missed those, like where Rodriguez twice, he threw it up to the same guy. What's his name? Uh, Turkiri or something? Tanya Kirkiri or something like that. I don't know. It was pretty dreadful.
0: Yeah, I was trying to multitask, so I guess I missed. Yeah, luckily I missed that one. Multitask
1: means everything gets done crappily. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: um yeah, so that's that. What do we got? Monday is um North Carolina.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, we're in yeah. for, like
0: it's the meat the of the oh. uh of the ACC.
1: Now I feel like we're gonna be in the North Carolina role. You remember last year when we played North Carolina, they had a kid on that team and he was one of their better players. Who was it? Wasn't it McAdoo, was it? The guy that just kept missing free throws.
0: Uh I think it was McAdoo.
1: Yeah, he just kept He couldn't hit one for his life. I was like, great. And it it would have been a closer game had he been able. It was one of the games we we seem to be sleepwalking through. And I feel like we're going to be in that role again this year. That's going to be our job, to be the team that might be able to beat them if not for the fact that we can't hit free throws. All right. We can move on to that because – we got to hear the story about the, uh, about the dogs. All right. So, um, and I'm, my, my blood pressure is too <laughs> jacked up right now.
0: Uh, so I, I got the dogs back.
1: Yes, you did. I, um, but that's not exactly the happiest thing in the world, right? No, it is not
0: exactly <laughs> the happiest thing in the world. The, um, the two sorry excuses uh, faithful, who were very supportive of my quest to uh, to find a temporary foster for the uh, for the boys, Val and Cash, know that I had fostered them up. One of Andrew's coworkers took them. Uh, you know, a real animal lover, and also happened to be a friend of my family's. So, yeah. this this kid that I know married this girl that Andrew works with, and it was a real uh you know kind of circle life kind of thing it was super awesome uh that saturday i had gone last saturday i had picked them up you know i i kind of made arrangements to kind of steal them for the day i took them for a walk uh, yeah i brought them over to josh's um and played with um, let them play with josh's dog um you know had a really awesome time and brought them back and then that monday headed out of town for a funeral a um uh my aunt passed away um down in d c so my sister's down there my dad's out of town um so I went down with my mom and you know it, it was she was eighty something years old had a great life you know it was kind of like one of those mixed emotion uh kind of um funerals mixed emotion passings. Like yeah, listen. It's we're sad because somebody somebody died, but at the same time, like eighty, you know, eighty six years old, you know, raise a glass.
1: Yeah, it's more like a celebration. Good life.
0: So yeah. we go to the funeral, and um, you know, spend a couple of days down there. We go out for the for a big dinner, um, for family, because uh, we don't always get together, but we made it a point to say, okay, listen. You know, let's go kind of have the celebratory dinner. And during the dinner, uh, I left my phone in the car because it's a a fucking funeral. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And um, my mom happened to be sitting across from me, but chatting with... It was at, a you know, just a bar, a pub. Um, We took up kind of like a corner of the restaurant. And we just were kind of sitting in booth, in a huge booth and having a good time. And I saw her phone ringing. um, And I noticed, I didn't notice the number. I didn't recognize the number, so I didn't pay any attention. Then it went off three or four more times. I didn't want to bring it to her attention because she's in the middle of a conversation. Um, So I grabbed the phone just in case it was an emergency. And, you know, I pick it up and this voice on the other end is is like, uh, um, may I speak to Ellie, please? And I'm like, uh, she's not available. You know, can I take a message? And she's like, um, is this Phil? And I'm like, no, um, this is her son. And she's like, which son? And I'm like, who's this? Yeah. And she's like, this is so-and-so. I am fostering their dogs. Your dog, uh, um, the dog just ate my cat. And I was like, oh, fuck. Ate his cat? Yeah. So uh, it was a woman. She was, she, and she was somewhat hysterical and you know not necessarily rational. And I'm like, okay, all right, slow down, slow down. What, w- w- what's going on? And she kind of starts spewing into this. This isn't gonna work. You have to come get these animals. Um, you know, this is this is not working. And she's just kind of like, not really making any sense, not really having a conversation. And I was like, okay, well, slow down. First of all, is your cat okay? Like, wh- yeah. what's the problem here? And she's like your dog attacked my cat. And I'm like Jesus. All right. I know the dog attacked a fucking cat, but what are the circumstances yeah. surrounding it? Because Val has caught his share of animals, but he's 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 never attacked a domestic. You know, yeah. uh, another animal that he shares space with. So she's like, he attacked my cat. I'm like, all right, okay, all right. Listen, I'll I'll help you out. Um. She's like, I've been calling you. I've been calling Ange. Uh, you people don't answer your phone. And now she starts getting a little preachy about the you don't answer your phone, which I always that that bugs me because. Yeah. Like if this was the 80s, well, then you would have left a message on my answering machine and I would have gotten back to you when I returned. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Just because I need just because I have access doesn't, mean, doesn't you need, mean you
1: need to get to me. Right exactly. Right away. Yeah.
0: And in this particular case, uh, okay, it's it's bordering on an emergency, but it's not quite an emergency yet. You know, the dog's not attacking you. And the cat's okay. So, you know, I tell her, listen, I'd love to help you, but listen, I'm at a funeral out of town. I'm in Washington, D.C., like, um, what I got going on is a little more pressing, and I understand, you know, that your cat is hurt, and I understand you like your cat, but all right, let's let's, let's you know, let's get a little realistic here. Are the dogs in, you know, a safe spot? Is the cat in a safe spot? Now let's just figure this out like a, like adults. And uh, she's like, "Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I understand, I understand," and hangs up with me. I try to get in touch with Ange. Um, Ange and I are like, oh man, this is the last thing we need. But the whole time I'm like, if there's anything wrong with this cat, I hope the cat dies.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cuz the last thing I want to do is pay for cat repair. Yeah. Now, I, I, cat I'm repair. not wishing ill on the cat. I love cats. I love animals. I don't want to I don't I'm not hoping it dies. But I'm also hoping I don't have to pay $5,000 to uh, reattach its lower bowel because Val punctured it with his teeth. Uh, uh. So I I call Angie and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm in D.C. I'm at this funeral. I can't can't be dealing with this right now. And she's like, no problem. But she's pissed because um, this chick has left her, like, Countless voicemails, batshit crazy crazy emails, Facebook posts on, you know. Really? Yeah. But all this went down in a span of 21 minutes. So it wasn't even like hours and hours and hours had gone by. Like 21 minutes. I take a shit that lasts 21 minutes sometimes. And I don't have my phone with me. You know, like be realistic. Yeah. Um, I talked to Ange the next day, and Ange was still pissed because she works with this chick. And now people are coming up to her in school and being like, hey, what happened
1: with the with the dog? Oh, wait, the woman who's watching the dogs is a fellow teacher? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. And she's
0: throwing all this shit up on Facebook, like crazy people. What a friggin' nut. Crazy people posts. Yeah. like not like has anybody seen uh, Ange or you know oh i have a situation that i'm dealing with like i think the only thing worse than people who post pictures of their lunch or cocktails are people who air their dirty laundry on social media Yeah,
1: well yeah i mean airing your dirty laundry i mean you would call that causing a scene if they were doing it like, out in the open, and apparently, it. And apparently
0: that's what she did. She, like, literally caused a scene. She was spewing, like, just absolute craziness. And apparently, um, you know, she got her senses and deleted the posts and apologized to Ange about, you know, her demeanor and stuff. But Ange was over there within an hour from the time that um, Val and
1: she had so she had your parents, your mother's phone number as well, you, just in case.
0: Um, well, she used the back channels of the family friend connection.
1: Oh, to to get to get your to get to my mother. <laughs> so she really did go
0: all out, all out crazy people. And yeah. um, so, Ange got like the dogs were retrieved within the hour, and come to find out, the story. Um, cause I'm trying to picture like what happened. Cause now this, this affects what I can do with Val in the future. You know, I already know he's got some, I know he's got some, um, violent, uh, he's a violent offender,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, he has got that fight in the dog park. Um, yep. he allegedly, allegedly bit my neighbor allegedly. I didn't see any blood, but the neighbor got nicked. And he's attacked a few possums and squirrels and things of that nature, but they're all incidents I can I, I can chalk up to isolation, you know? Like the neighbor reached over the fence. Yeah. The, you know, the
1: Well, neighbor reaching over the fence, that's uh, you really can't be blamed for that as long as you had signs up saying, beware a dog and shit like that. Yeah,
0: well, then then I put up some signs that said, beware a dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I put up some signs. <laughs> um,
0: so, but those instances I know are isolated. And as long as I keep him out of those situations now, everything is good. But, like, if he just hauled off tried to eat a cat in the house like now now he's like all right he's past his every dog gets one bite kind of deal but come to find out he was outside and this cat was an outside cat and the cat took off across the yard and val took out took off after him Hmm. so he's never seen an outside cat before
1: yeah, 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 You
0: know, he's in a yard, whatever. Had I known she had outside cats and would have, you know, would have commingled them, I would have clearly told her, that's a bad idea. He, he's yeah. not, that's not going to end well for anybody. So, um, but he
1: also didn't harm the cat. Oh, he didn't even harm the cat? He didn't cat? harm the cat. So this whole bullshit about him eating the cat? Right.
0: There's all bullshit. Cat didn't even go to the vet.
1: Oh, cat God, had no medical care. Loon.
0: Um, he had some bruising or whatever. Uh, some bruising. It's a fucking animal. So I mean, I he, mean,
1: it's a cat. Ugh, he, bruising. Come on, man. He
0: definitely had him in his mouth. But if he wanted to eat the cat, he would have eaten. He could have crushed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was it, man. That was his last stop. We had no other options. Like, Ange literally um, had just cleared all of her stuff out of her parents' house and, like, was like, all right, now I'll see you guys later. And now she's got this dog. She's got to figure out what to do oh, with Oh,
1: because she was going to move into a new place? Yeah, because
0: she, she already moved in. And yeah. um, her parents were like, well, you know, just bring him back here for the night. You know, you guys will figure it out. So we were coming back um we were coming back from dc that night so yeah. um you know i had a chance to kind of to chat it out with my roommates and uh you know th- they were the understanding of the you know of the necessity or that you know i, I it's an emergency situation you know so yeah. um we made some uh, accommodations, and and while my negotiating position was not particularly strong, uh, I think we we ended up with a particularly fair deal, um, and am now cohabitating uh, with my dogs once again.
1: So, okay, so they live in so it's you, your parents, and the dogs, now? and the dogs,
0: yeah. Um, Do
1: the dogs have to like stay near you or something? No, the the um, the 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 dog thing is kind
0: of twofold um you know each of my parents um has w- what i perceive to be a sensitivity in, in in several different areas um them just being underfoot um is is one of the is one of the you know potential problems cuz there's a, my my parents have a dog okay so it's like three dogs and you know, that's just a yeah, lot of, too much. a lot of mass. So, um, what I ended up doing was, um, was clearing a spot for them in, um, in the workshop, which is the back of the house. Okay. Um, you know, big room, probably a probably a eight by 10 room, something like that. Way more room than they would have had anywhere else. You know, if I would have boarded them, yeah. they would have been in a kennel. Um, when I was gone for the day, um, you know, when when we were in Asbury, they stayed in a in a room that was like, you know, three by four, which was essentially yeah. a pen. You know, um, yeah. And dogs are territorial like that. You know, if you give them their space, they'll they'll make do with their space. So. Um, you know, they got a little heated area with, the with their bed and, um, nice. you know, all the privacy that they need. And when they're not being supervised, um, they're, you know, they're back there. Otherwise, you know, they're kind of out and about with, um, yeah. you know, with other people. Cause that's the, the other concern is the cash is, um, he's not a puppy, but he's still only like two. So he's a little bit of a chewer. Um, yeah. he's eating his fair share of shoes and, uh.
1: That's the problem with my dog. Why he's not living full time with me? Because I don't want to leave him alone. He's going to be bored because he's used to hanging out with the dogs, and he might start chewing shit. Yeah, no, exactly. And I don't want to throw him in a, a, cage all day, you know? Right. Because that that'd be terrible. Him sitting in a cage for like nine hours a day.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So um, so I got the dogs back, which I'm not going to lie is uh, is, is is pretty good. It was a uh, a, a, it was kind of stressful. Um, in terms it's of like,
1: l- reuniting, <laughs> it feels so good. Uh, like in a movie, all running down the beach towards each other, it, it, and they jumped on you and start licking all over it you. Was.
0: That's exactly
1: yeah. how it went down. <laughs> 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 so they've
0: been back for you know probably I say two days at this point. Um, you know we've gone on a collective uh, let's say at least five miles worth of walks. Nice. Because once you tire them out, they're the best dogs in the world. I mean, I know that's the yep. old adage. nothing's
1: good like a tired dog.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, get them up in the morning, get them out on a, you know, a big, long uh, trek on one of the nature trails or whatever, and, and they come back and they, you know, they lay down um, strategically placed bones and chew toys. Uh, yeah. Help alleviate any of the potential stress. And for the most part, they're really good dogs anyway. Um. So, you know, they're like, they're super loving and, and, you know, they just want to be pet or whatever. So, um, they're, they're pretty low maintenance in that, in that sense. So, um, you know, whatever it was, it, it, it was eventually I was going to have to make some type of, of decision, uh, or make some type of, uh, you know, negotiation, uh, by like March anyway. Yeah. But, um. That just kind of forced my hand and and I had to make a move a little earlier than than I had thought but it's it's good it's working out two days in knock on wood we're good to go <laughs> so we'll see what happens We'll see what happens I got some um some other developments I'm not uh, uh, way way too early to chat about them um, privately okay. or or uh, for Otherwise- consumption um on reestablishing my domicile in Asbury Park. So that's um that's my next big project.
1: Alright, well that'll, all right, we'll cross that bridge when you get to exactly, it. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um what else you got? I don't know.
1: Uh I mean there are things I thought I wanted to talk about, but now we've been gone for so long. I think I'm good. 'Cause I'm kinda cashed
0: at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh Saturday, at nine PM. Yeah. Two grown men should uh should be looking to kinda settle in for the evening and, and get to bed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, like swinging singles do. Right. Yep.
0: Not me, man. I got a big night plan. I'm gonna go watch uh True Detective with my mom. Nice. Yeah. That started up,
1: right? That's on uh
0: HBO. I should be able to get that on HBO on demand or something.
1: Wait, the, the new True Detectivist started? Yeah, I
0: think so. I think it's like one or two okay. episodes in already.
1: Okay, well, yeah, that's probably two episodes in. I, th- I didn't know they had started already. I got to check that out, I guess. Um, did you Did you see any of uh, the Togetherness episodes?
0: No, I forgot what it was called. I tried to find it on uh, on HBO Go um, the other night, but it's called Togetherness?
1: Yes, okay. Togetherness. All right. you know, so I guess it must come on at what time does it come on your time? Probably nine thirty your time, I guess, or something. Uh tonight? No, no, on Sundays. Sundays. Okay. I I think it is. I don't know. Does it come? Do I watch it at eight thirty? I think I watch it at eight thirty.
0: Yeah. So, how was the so, first episode?
1: It was it was good, you know, and the second one was better. You know, it's these guys are kind of quirky or whatever, but it's interesting stuff. It's it's uh, squarely aimed at middle aged guys like ourselves. I think ourselves. You know, I mean, it's the extra bonus that I, you know, know one of the main characters. <laughs> and, 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 and what is it like a quirky guy comedy? <clears throat> no, it's more like it's not really a guy comedy. OK, it's like a what it is. It's Mark Duplass, who graduated the year after me. He he plays a guy who's married to a broad named Melanie Linsky, who used to play Rose on Two and a Half Men. Oh, I like her. Yeah, Charlie Stalker. They're married. They're kind of gone through like the, you know, the kind of crap married people go through where they're kind of just like not too happy with each other type of thing. And Steve, the guy that graduated with me, he's like the Mark Duplass character's like best friend from back home who moved out there to be an actor. The very first episode starts with him getting evicted from his apartment. So they let him come in and move in on the couch. Amanda Peet plays Melanie Linsky's sister, and she's supposed to be going back to Houston or something. She decides to stay out there, so like they're, th- she's living on the couch as well or whatever, you know. So it's just like the the crap going on between all of them, all right, you know. All right. I watched a um
0: a Duplass film or started to, and then it was, was- I know it hit way too close to home, and it was way too heavy for something that should have been funny. Um, it's with um, who's the chick from Mad Men? Something Moss, Catherine Moss. She's the girl who, like, you don't know if she's good looking or not. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. What movie was? Um, I don't know. He. They play a married couple, they're in therapy. Um let's find out. Mark Duplass. Cuz I'm a fan of his. I watched the um I watched The League, which I think is really funny. Yeah,
1: yeah, he plays Pete on that. Yeah.
0: Um and he's really good on that. Like he I don't know, he seems like a guy that I'd be friends with, you know? And knowing yeah. now knowing that you, you know, he went to an all boys Catholic school um that kind of
1: solidifies it uh okay. yeah and it's his brother you never see his brother because his brother doesn't do much acting right but it, it all the stuff they do it's him and the brother it's very weird the brother is he's class of 91 so he's a he would have been a year before you graduated high school you know yeah. like like the tv show it's him and the brother of the directors but I. Uh, I mean, the brother, he's way more behind-the-scenes type of dude.
0: See, I liked um, Jeff, who lives at home. I thought that was funny. Yeah. That's
1: the one I was an extra in, yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh Um, And Safety Not Guaranteed, I thought was really good.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, It's got the chick, um, Aubrey Plaza from... uh, Yep.
1: Yeah, from Parks and Rec. Yeah,
0: remember we were talking about Jake Johnson, the dude from... uh, from those Kia commercials who you thought yeah, was just a yeah. dude. He was in Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but uh, the one I love is the movie that I'm thinking of. It's got uh, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Okay.
1: I'm not a madman guy and I haven't seen that movie. Uh. <laughs> um, let's
0: see. It was not okay. This wasn't written or directed by this is not oh, a Duplass a- production. It's uh, it's directed by Charlie McDowell, but it stars Mark Duplass. Okay.
1: Yeah, what's crazy is Mark Duplass, like, he was in fucking Zero Dark Thirty. I was like, damn, this guy's getting acting roles, like, in legitimate, like, hardcore movies. Yeah. You know, that's what blew me away when he was in that movie. Because <laughs> all the stuff he does, you know, they do all these comedies, and they're kind of like... You know, a lot of times their comedy, some of the shit they do is kind of over the top and stuff. You know, and then he's in that movie having serious talk with Jessica Chastain. You know.
0: Um, hey, I know that. Um, I know that we're running. Uh, we're running pretty long here, but you know what? I saw the other. Speaking of Zero Dark Thirty, um, I saw the Hurt Locker. Uh, I haven't seen that Oh, yet. man, listen. I'm going to tell you that I, I seriously started thinking and I was running through my head that that might be the best war-themed movie. Yeah. Definitely that I've ever seen, but I want to say of all time. Then I was of thinking... All- but then I was thinking that's pretty tough because then you got to go back yeah. and you got to put it up against things like Apocalypse Now or Platoon or uh, stuff that maybe didn't resonate because it was more Vietnam themed. So yeah. then I broke it down and was like, okay, let me just think about the you know the the Middle East, you know the post nine eleven or post Gulf War, um, yeah you know, movies and. I would say, and I like Zero Dark Thirty. I like the one, uh, whatever, The Last Man Standing. Um, the Sniper opened to awesome, awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I was members. supposed to go see it last week, and I just got stuck at the office, but I'll go see it this week. My mom really wants to see it. But uh, Hurt Locker. It's a conscious movie right now. Yeah, so so put that on your, uh, on your plate. Uh-huh. I'll have to watch it, because it was something. See, one of the guys in that movie... He's a black guy. what's his name? Something Mackey he He played in the last Iron Man. was it the last Iron Man he was in? Uh, I don't know if he was in, no he was in the Captain America movie or something, but he's from here, and Mari knows him because he used to always go into Parkway the the restaurant she works at. And she's a bartender. He would always go and sit at the bar and talk to her. And then, you know, he was doing like stuff. And then during the time from him, her starting to work there and him being a regular, his career blew up. Well, Anthony like, Mackey is his name? Yeah, Anthony Mackey. He got cast in the Hurt Locker, you know, like, and, and now he's like in these big movies and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, he was in, was it a Captain Cap- America movie?
0: Yeah, he was, he was in- Captain America. He was in Captain America.
1: Yes, yes, you know, because I remember I was, I think I was supposed to go see it with her because she wanted to see it because she's like, oh, Anthony, blah, 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 because she, she never knew he was an actor or anything, you know, because right. he wasn't some big celebrity or anything. And he's still not huge, but he's in, he was in that movie Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, which I did see, which was a pretty good movie, I thought.
0: Uh He was also uh Papa Doc in 8 Mile. Okay, uh, which was a pretty big, which was a pretty yeah. good character, and then um, I he had a, a bunch of bit parts. Uh, he was in Million Dollar Baby, about
1: thirteen years ago.
0: Uh, yeah, it was about thirteen years ago. Well, that was yeah. his first uh, movie.
1: Yeah. Okay. But he was. Yeah, I think he was doing like a lot of local stuff back here. You know, like not even like not even like films, like theater type of stuff. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah, he he literally came out of
1: nowhere. Yeah, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, one thing. Back to that show Togetherness. So the guy that we graduate with, who we're all psyched to see, because Duplass Brothers, they've made it, you know. Yeah. Big deal seeing them on TV, but Steve Zissis, who's been, he's been in a couple of Duplass Brothers movies. He was in Jeff Who Lives at Home. Home. Okay. He plays the guy that they suspect of cheating with the wife. Uh, Oh, yes, 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 yeah. But he's bigger roles like in the small movies they were making originally, you know? Right. Because obviously they knew each other and they kind of like were doing him a really big favor. Like they wrote this, you know, because they have Sway now, you know? Right. They kind of work Steve into this, you know, to get a show for him, (laughs) you know? So a lot of the stuff sounds like he says stuff on the show. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it seems very autobiographical. But like, so everybody that's my class, we're all psyched. We're like, Steve's on the show, you know, guy who, you know, how cool is it? A guy, not only went to your school, you graduated with him, you know. Right. So, so the, uh, last week, between the first and second episode during a week. She was on, Amanda Pete was on Letterman. I was like, well, I got to watch. I want to see if Steve gets a shout out. (laughs) And um, there was a thing earlier in this episode of Letterman. He's like, well, now let's, he was saying some, this little bit they did where he's droning on about some bullshit. And they're like, and they cut away to a bear playing tetherball. You know, and then it became like a thing like, you know, oh, when you're, when something's boring or something you fuck up, here's a bear playing tetherball. So Amanda Peet comes out, and she's talking to Letterman, and she messed something up, and she's like, let's go to the video of a bear playing tetherball. He's like, what? You don't get to do it. but they go to it, you know, because she screwed up, so she was just being funny. Well, and he's like, "He's like, well, tell me about the show. She's like, well, it's Mark Duplass and Melanie Linsky, and uh, uh let's go to a bear playing tetherball. And <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes back and she's like, Yeah, we're living on a couch. I was like, Oh, God, she forgot Steve's name. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh... Amanda Pete, like, even though she's kind of B list, she's still. He, Steve right now is probably like friggin' V list. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> she, she can't. There's. Four main people on the show, including her, and she can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, poor Steve. <laughs> they never did say his name.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: well, then on that note. All right. Uh, with apologies to Steve Zissus. Yes. <laughs> Good night, Duplass brothers.
0: See you guys next week.